Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church, right here in beautiful Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. Here, I will discuss theology, doctrine, politics, social and cultural issues, pretty much anything I feel like talking about. But basically, I flip tables. Please remember to download each episode. That's very important. Download each episode. Hold on tight. It's going to be a bumpy ride. My last episode of this podcast was entitled Asbury Revival? Question mark. Could it be? Question mark. Now the reason I titled that because I wanted to you know talk about the Asbury Revo- Revival or what they're calling Asbury Revival. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, fans, family, friends, cohorts, in-laws, outlaws, if it sounds like I'm a little nasally, it's because I'm a little nasally. Uh... Don't worry, it's not COVID. Otherwise, I'd be wearing a mask right now so you wouldn't catch it. That was a joke. And I hope I hope it didn't go over your head because you're listening to a podcast, okay? Anyways, <clears throat> I am a little bit nasally, so I apologize for that. So if I clear my throat or, or if you hear like a pause or a break, it's probably because I was blowing my nose or coughing up or something. But I did learn something. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did learn something about... Um, I hate to say it like this because it can bring images of something gross and disgusting. But I did learn something about phlegm, mucus and such. The kind that gets in your lungs and, you know, you're coughing and trying to get that out and everything. Salt. Salt is wonderful for that. So I came across this video by Dr. Berg about salt and mucus. And and, uh, he was saying how you just take a little pinch of salt, throw it in your mouth, gargle with warm salt water, drink some uh, salt water, get out to close to the ocean and just start breathing in that um, sea air, that ocean air with all the salt in it and everything. So, of course, I'm uh, not that close to the ocean. So what I did was I just walked into the kitchen. I always keep, um, in my house, we don't use the regular table salt, the white stuff, because, well, it's garbage. And... um, we used the pink Himalayan salt, <clears throat> so I took a little pinch of that, threw it in my mouth, and just let it dissolve slowly in my mouth, and kind of let it go down my throat slowly. And I'm not saying I I had a 30 second, you know, in 30 seconds I felt 100 percent better, but I let a little time go by, and I did it again, and um, I even uh, had like a a a, a, a mister kind of a thing that humidifies the room, <clears throat> room, and I put a little bit of salt in there and. And uh, so I was breathing a little bit of salty air, not super, super salty, but salty. And um, let's see, what else did I do? And then this morning, of course, I got up, I did the same thing. I popped some salt in my mouth, let it dissolve and go down. I I had a cup of coffee. I've been trying to cut down on my caffeine as well. But uh, this morning, I um, just felt like I needed a little bit of a pick-me-up. So I had about half a cup of coffee, just straight black coffee. So I threw a little bit of salt in there, drank it, couldn't even really taste it. Um, because I didn't put that much in there, but took a pinch, threw it in there. I had uh, some um, soup for lunch, some chicken soup, and so I threw a little extra salt in there. And if anybody that really knows me knows that I don't really like a lot of salt, especially on my food, and because I really like to taste the food. You know, I don't, I use sauces, but I don't put a lot of sauce on it. As a matter of fact, if I order barbecue chicken somewhere, I get the barbecue sauce on the side so that I can with my fork tear off a piece of that chicken and then just dip a corner of that chicken into the sauce. So by the time I'm done eating, I still have more than 
half you know, probably three quarters of that sauce still in the little cup they give me, you know, instead of having it slathered on there. I know a lot of people like it slathered, but I started doing that because, you know, as much as I like barbecue sauce, I also like the meat that it's on. Same thing with salt. As much as salt itself, I actually, you know, unless it's real super, super salty, but I can throw a pinch of salt in my mouth at different times for various reasons. Because a lot of people say, oh, you can't do that. It'll, it'll make your blood pressure go up. When I was dealing with really high blood pressure. That was the first thing that people would tell me, including doctors, get the salt out of your life. So I did. And guess what? It did nothing for my blood pressure. Nothing. It made everything taste bland. And so, <clears throat> you know, what, what the real problem is, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, now I'm not a doctor, so please check with your doctor. Check with some health. You know, and if your doctor tells you don't have salt because of your blood pressure, <coughs> truth is what I would suggest that you do is go find more of a holistic doctor and dump that that white coat doctor who just wants to um tell you things like don't eat salt right and um and uh put you on a pill and things of that nature go find a holistic doctor that's going to help you change your diet and tell you the truth about these things because here's the truth that i learned from a holistic doctor and again i am not a doctor so don't take my medical advice and if you do and something happens don't come blaming me because i'm telling you right now up front i am not a medical doctor i'm just telling you what's worked for me i'm telling you what i've been told from other doctors along the more holistic side so check it check it out for yourself but the problem isn't so much salt per se it's when you have an imbalance you have too much salt and not enough potassium because salt or sodium i should say sodium and potassium work together where, when they're in a proper balance. So what happens is when we have, quote unquote, too much salt in our diet, the reality of it is it's more like we don't have enough potassium in our diet. So there's this offset. So instead of taking out the salt, put in more potassium rich foods. All right. And then it balances itself out and you see your blood pressure drop. That's what happens to me. When I can really stuff my face with a lot of greens, I mean good leafy greens beyond just lettuce, okay? Because a lot of people say, I eat a big bowl of, uh, of salad every day. Well, <clears throat> are you using normal lettuce like iceberg lettuce? Probably is not going to do much. I'm not saying iceberg le lettuce doesn't have nutrients in it, but it, it's lacking in the nutrients that say raw spinach, arugula, Swiss chard, mustard greens, things of that nature have in it. So scrap the lettuce, unless you use romaine or something of that nature, and throw in a bunch of other raw greens and eat that. And eat a big, when I say a big salad, I'm talking like, uh, you know, seven cups worth with all the, you know, trimmings. Don't, don't put the croutons on there. You don't need all that bread. But throw a little bit of cheese on there. Throw some carrots, uh, maybe some sliced up tomatoes. Good stuff, good stuff bell peppers are awesome things of that nature and um because that will raise your potassium levels and then use the good salt stay away from all the garbage sodiums use the good salt the pink himalayan salt anyways as i would start doing that now all the all the mucus in my chest is completely breaking up and as you can hear so i've been my coughing has actually been productive as it's getting this stuff out of me problem is i sound terrible not I don't feel bad as a matter of fact yesterday my wife and I went to one of our local parks a large park called Apollo Park and um, I was able to run around they have a lake there a small lake I was run, able to run around the lake 
And, you know, and I say run, I mean, I was good at a good clip, good jog. And uh, so about a one and a quarter laps around that thing before I caught up to my wife again. And um, I checked out on my little app. I have a little app that tells you how far you ran and everything. And uh, it was, um, I ran a little over a mile. Now here I am, you know, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and I was still able to run. So that's a good sign that all of that stuff isn't lodged into my lungs, more like a pneumonia kind of a thing. Uh, and it's loosening up and it's coming out. Now, um, I'm not saying that was an easy mile for me because, again, I'm still trying to breathe through this stuff. But nonetheless, I was able to run a mile and at a pretty good clip, you know, a pretty good clip for me. You know, I'm not much of a runner, but um, for me, that was a pretty good clip. Anyways. I don't know why I got off on all of that stuff, except to say that if you're dealing with mucus and phlegm in your chest, your lungs and such, try the salt, you know. And again, please, you know, please, if you're concerned about it, I don't know. I don't want to get high blood pressure. Okay, talk to your doctor. Talk to a holistic kind of doctor. And a lot of chiropractors, not all, but a lot of chiropractors have that holistic approach to health and healing. So you should be going to a chiropractor anyways, because when you get your neck and your spine aligned, everything else in your body starts lining up and working better. <coughs> anyways, as I uh, was saying, my last episode was about Asbury Revival at Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. And I think I said this in that podcast, but I also put it online that my hopes is that all the big names would stay away because it's about Jesus, not about them. And what I mean by that is I don't care if, you know, pastor big name or apostle big name or prophet big name shows up and participates, is out in the crowd worshiping and doing the things that everybody else is doing with them, not looking for attention. That's fine with me. That's perfectly fine. As a matter of fact, I think they need that. They need that. They need to be out there because so many of them are so detached from what God is doing at that level because they're usually up on the platform behind the podium looking down on the people, heavy emphasis on looking down on the people, that they really don't even know what God is doing with the people. A lot of people say, no, 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 they're up there leading it. No, 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 no. They might be leading, orchestrating a service, but often pastors miss and leaders miss what's actually going on with the people because they're not down there with the people enough. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> There was a group, Barna, as a matter of fact, research group. This goes back several years, but did this. Uh, they, they do all kinds of research, especially for the Christian world. But what they did was they, they, they got a lot of uh, pastors and they asked them a bunch of questions. And please, I'm not going to remember the, every exact question, but they asked the questions based upon like their church. How's your ch church doing? Oh, we're really good. Well, how's the worship? Well, it's great. How's this? Great. How's this? Great. And so... Anyways, they asked all these pastors these questions about their church. And then they asked many of the uh, members of those churches, those same churches, the same exact questions. And the, the answers couldn't have been further apart. Where the pastors were saying, oh, this aspect of our church is doing phenomenal. The, uh, the, the members of the church were going, oh, no, this is really lacking. Like, for instance, they would ask a question like, you know, how is the, like, say, I don't know how they would word it, but the connectedness to your church. You know, how do you think the people of your church feel really connected to you and to one another? Oh, yes, it's great. It's spectacular. We have that down pat. 
It's going great. And then they asked some of the members of that same church. So do you feel connected with your pastor and the rest of the church? Oh, absolutely not. No, it's sometimes heartbreaking. It's sometimes cold. It's sometimes lonely. Those were the types of things that, that were being asked and answered. So my point on all of that is just because it's a church leader that's around the people or leading the people Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday doesn't mean they even know what's going on in their own church at the member level. For them, it's great. They take an offering, the offering comes back full. They're able to pay the bills, okay? They're able to do, you know, everybody looks at them and smiles every Sunday because that's what we're trained to do and that's what we're supposed to do. But the people down there are broken, hurting, and lonely. And most, most of these big name preachers would never even know that because they're not down there with the people enough to know that's what the people are going through. So big name people, please show up to this and these types of things, but stay off that platform. Even if somebody up there recognizes, hey, a, prof, a prophet big name is here. Come up here and give us a word. No, I'm not here for that. Apostle big name, come up here. No, I'm not here for that. Pastor big name, uh, uh, come up. No, I'm not here for that. So please, I'm begging you. I am begging you, big name preachers. And you know who I'm talking to. And that would be any preacher that would show up in that sense. When they ask you to show up or come up on that platform, I'm not talking about just Asbury. I'm talking about any quote unquote revival. When they when they say that, please say no, just graciously stay off that platform. Keep it about Jesus. And as far as you as an individual, keep it about you connecting with God first, but also with God through the people that are there who are crying out to God, who are, are, are weeping before the Lord, who are humbling themselves before the Lord, you get down there with them and learn God's heart through them. And you'll walk away a better preacher, minister, big name, whatever. I want to read to you um, another article about this um, revival in uh, Asbury. And this is interesting because other, under normal circumstances, I would never really read from this particular uh, news group. It's called Religion News. <coughs> And um, they write and comment and such on, well, religion. Now, the reason I'd say I would no never normally do this is because I'm not into, you know, I would r rather read from a Christian perspective. I chose this one for a reason because it captured my attention of who they were writing about an uh, um revival, Christian revival at a Christian college. So I just wanted to see what they would say. So I, I'm using it for reason, but m uh, most of the stuff that's in here, most of the stuff that's in here is just right on. And, and they're just basically telling you what's happening and such. As a matter of fact, um, again, I, I use this even because I heard or I read the other day <clears throat> that the um, leaders of this particular college, the president, vice president, all that, they are going to be shutting some things down in regard to the revival and uh, I was really bummed when I read that and really upset when I read that and that's kind of what this article talks about and since it's from a non-Christian point of view it leaves out a lot of the um, Christian bias if you will depending on what camp of Christianity you're from so this is just coming from well uh, religion news bias so of course there's a bias but it's 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 doesn't have the bias that i am trying to stay away from okay in that regard you'll see what i mean <clears throat> so this was uh it says this citing disruptions to school and town asbury authorities moved to end 
13 Days of Revival. <coughs> now, that title is somewhat misleading. I don't think that they're trying to end it completely. It's just end it by just opening it up and having all these people come through. So um, it says an estimated 50,000 have flocked to the Rolling Revival meeting in this tiny central Kentucky town. Now, I want you to remember that 50,000, because when you look at 50,000, I live in a, um, a town here, our whole region, Palmdale, Lancaster area. It's two cities that are kind of growing into each other for the most part. And then we have a, a bunch of surrounding towns <clears throat> and we call the whole area the Antelope Valley. So the whole area, the whole area, which is flat desert. So it's spread out quite a ways. So when I tell you this number, please, it's not like it's, it's roughly half a million people give or take, but in this whole area. So when you're driving through town, you would say, this isn't a town of a half a million. No, it's not. I think there's just under 200,000 in Lancaster, 200,000, you know, somewhere around there in Palmdale, a little bit below. And then with all the surrounding areas, all these little towns and townships all around us, you know, maybe 400,000 to 500,000. I don't really know. I haven't done that kind of research. But my point is it's so spread out that you would never know there was that many people in this given area. And it's a really large area because of just flat desert. There's nothing to keep us from really moving and spreading out and growing. So when I um, say this, give you this number of 50,000 have flocked, as it says, to the Rolling Revival meeting in this tiny central Kentucky town. I'm looking at that. I'm thinking 50,000 a day, 50, because that doesn't even sound that much. If 50,000 people just showed up in our area for any given thing, you know, and let's say 50,000 a day for a week. It uh, In some corners of our area, we wouldn't even know it. Now, we have some uh, like soccer fields out here where they, they built these so soccer fields here in Lancaster and they and they host these tournaments. We even have um, softball diamonds that are <clears throat> one of our central parks where they host um, tournaments. So I'm not saying we'd have 50,000 people show up for those, but we'd have a huge number, tens of thousands of people showing up for these different tournaments at different times, you know, and and we can absorb it in, in a much better, you know, but it doesn't say 50,000 people showed up any one day. Now, this has been 13 days going on, 50,000 people in 13 days. So I want you to keep that in mind as I'm reading this and as I'm talking about this. <coughs> now, this was posted February 20, um, 2023. So that was yesterday. So that'd been Monday, February 20. By Fiona Morgan, Wilmore, Kentucky, RNS. I don't know what that means. Anyways, after an estimated 50,000 Christian wor worshipers, celebrity pastors, and onlookers flocked to a rolling revival meeting at Asbury University over the past 13 days, the school's administration announced a new limited schedule for prayer services in hopes of restoring order to the campus in this tiny central Kentucky town. So they're doing this to restore order. I didn't know there was no order. That's not any of the reports that I'm hearing. I've been hearing that this has been very orderly. If you can't get into the building where this is being held inside, they have um, TV screens and speakers and such outside where you can sit on the lawn or wherever and watch it in a very orderly manner. Anyways, let's go on. Asbury University President Kevin Brown made the announcement Sunday, February 19th, telling those attending the revival, we had authorities that had to redirect traffic away from Wilmore. Our town's institutions and our town's infrastructure is just not in a place to absorb the influx of the blessed guests that we have had. 
I want to talk about that in just a moment because I have some comments that I'm going to stop and make in this. And I'm going to hold this particular comment, but it's coming up. This unprecedented number of people coming to Wilmore, a town of about 6,000, has caused safety concerns. Asbury administration said it had no other option but to enforce more regulations. Had no other options. Now, like I said, to the best of my knowledge, and I don't know everything because I'm not there, but to the best of my knowledge, they haven't had any problems. So they've had safety concerns. And from one of the other articles I read, one of the staff members was one of the ones that brought up the safety concern. I am so sick and tired of people having any kind of concern about something including safety, that's unwarranted. They have police in the town, don't they? They got state state troopers. They have uh, probably campus security. And they got a whole group of Christians, thousands at a time, on the campus. If they can't keep the peace, there's something sorely wrong with them. Don't get me going, ladies and gentlemen. This is one reason why I said early on, I really hope people will learn to steward this instead of control it. And now what we're seeing is the control coming instead of the true stewardship. Anyways, let me go on. Um, some 7,000 people arrived the previous day alone, according to authorities. Okay, 7,000. Keep that in mind, 7,000. More than 3,000 of them waited outside in line in 30 to 40 degree weather, watching a simulcast on outdoor screens of the proceedings inside Asbury's Hughes Auditorium. Okay, seven thousand show up. I don't know what happened to the other four thousand because this this room that they're in is supposed to only hold like fourteen or fifteen hundred people. I think they might have some other outbuildings that they've turned into like overflow. I don't know. So, but nonetheless, three thousand people are waiting outside, and the temperature was as low as thirty degrees, and they were watching this simulcast outdoor. Still, I'm still waiting to hear of all these major problems when people are willing to stand outside in that kind of cold and they're worried about safety concerns. Anyway, this is unprecedented for our university, said Mark Whitworth, Asbury's vice president for intercollegiate athletics and university communications. It is obvious that God's hand is on this. Pay attention to what he says. It is obvious that God's hand is on this. We've seen that in just how He's met our needs spiritually and even logistically, he added, pointing to the state police and deputies from sheriff departments from neighboring counties who came to assist the overwhelmed Wilmore police force. The overwhelmed Wilmore police force. What are they overwhelmed for? If there's no problems, if there's no issues, they can just set up some simple detour to get detour the people out of the main part of town and around to the college, wherever it's at. Overwhelmed? I love the writer here, how this Fiona lady, I assume it's a lady, Fiona here writing this is like really making this sound like, oh, the drama of it all. Oh, woe is me. The police actually had to set up three signs and divert traffic. Oh my God, it's so overwhelming. Oh. Anyways, so anyways, they do have other deputies, they have, uh, sheriff deputies, they have other, they have state police, they have all these other people that are willing to help, but that's not even it. We're still going on, okay? But notice it says, it is obvious, he says this, this uh, Mark Whitworth, it is obvious that God's hand is on this. We've seen that in just how he's met our needs spiritually, even logistically. Now, granted, this has only been, today, I guess, would be day 14, two weeks. 
into this. And in two weeks, actually a little bit less than two weeks because this was being dealt with already. So let's say two weeks, they're already, already trying to control what God is doing, even though they admit that God's hand is on it and he's met them their needs spiritually, even logistically. Logistically, what does that mean? That everything that they would need to keep this thing going, God has given them, and yet they're trying to shut it down. Hmm. The largest number of visitors will... Back to this uh, article. The largest number of visitors Wilmore has hosted in recent memory are the 20,000 who attended the annual Ichthus Music Festival in the summer of 2004, according to an article on Asbury Seminary website. So in 2004, <coughs> they had 20,000 who attended the annual Ichthus Music Festival, according to this article. Now, I find that interesting. Now they have 50,000 in in uh, you know, roughly two weeks, 13 days. And this 20,000 back in 2004, it didn't say, you know, I, I know that was a little while ago. That was almost 20 years. But they didn't learn something from that. They didn't have things in play from that. They couldn't figure things out. God gave them a trial run. God gave them the numbers 20 years ago and they couldn't figure it out. You see, this is the problem that I have with Christianity. This is a Christian college, a Christian college that should not only hope for this type of thing to break out on their college and in their students' lives, but should be preparing for preparing them to have it break out in their life, in their future churches and ministries, and what to do with it when it happens. I mean, that's what, in my opinion, Christian colleges are there for, not just a degree, not just a theological degree, that's good, but really, what are you going to do when God just shows up in a manner that you're not prepared for? Well, be prepared for it as much as possible. I, I, I'm, I'm heartbroken to even say this because I'm saying this about my own people. <coughs> but I've asked even my own church this question over and over and over again. What if on some given Sunday, and we start at 1030, so if you want the world's greatest church, come to Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California, 1030, Sunday morning. Hope to see you there. But Let's say 10.30, we're about to start the service and we look out the door and a thousand people are out there lined up. What are we going to do? Right now, we have a very small uh, um, building because we are hoping to build. We have a, we bought a piece of land. We converted a, a large house into a sanctuary and we're going to build on the other side. We just haven't had, uh, we're not at that place to do that just yet. So we're making do with what we have. But even still, let's say let's say our our our, um, our uh, sanctuary only seats uh, what, 120 people, whatever it is, and then a thousand people show up. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's not that our land can't handle a thousand people. Our building can't. So what are we going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Okay, everybody, you know, hey, pillows, blankets out on the grass, out on the floor, in the dirt, on the sidewalk, whatever. Let's kick these these uh, speakers outside from the inside to the outside. Let's add to it so that everybody can hear, everybody can see it, everybody can be a part of it. And if we have to do this outdoors for a season, then we're doing it outdoors. You know, if our particular, um, we just can't handle it there right on that spot, we'll go rent a place. We'll do whatever we can do to facilitate a move of God. We're not going to shut it down. One of the things that I saw that they did, and I kind of had mixed reviews about it, was they would, okay, you know, they're going to have between like, say this time and this time, nobody over 25 can show up. This is just for the younger people. Um, high school and and college age um, young people. And then it'll be open for everybody else, everybody after a certain point in time. In a way, I don't have too much of a problem with that because you're trying to keep the crowds uh, a little bit acceptable, you know, size. But you're also, because it broke out with these college 
young people, you're facilitating it for the young people primarily. And now when they have to get off to school, they have to go to class, they have to do their homework and everything, which they should be doing, okay? You can still go do all your stuff and then come and, and, and be part of the revival. Then let the other people do it while they're doing their thing. So I, I like it just open to everybody at all times, but sometimes in a situation like that, you have to do what you got to do. But I would like to think that no matter what, 500 or 1,000 people just showed up at my door on any given Sunday, we would make a way as long as we needed to. Anyways, what was I? Oh yeah, 20,000 people, blah, 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 blah. So here's some of my notes on this, looking at these numbers. It says 50,000 people have visited Asbury College since the revival began. And that was at the time of this writing, 13 days ago, 13 days. I'm going to take just 10 days, okay? Just to make it easy and do some math for you. Okay, so 50,000 people in 10 days, that's roughly 5,000 people a day that come to this revival. Just 5,000 people a day, all right? <clears throat> Wilmore, Kentucky, now, now, now check this out. I looked at the map and everything, is approximately 30 minutes from Lexington, Kentucky. So Lexington and the surrounding area, the population is about 750,000 people, just roughly 30 minutes away, okay? You get to a... A, an area of three quarters of a million people. All right. So an extra five to 10,000 people a day should not be a problem when Lexington is just 30 minutes up the road. Why? Because all the people that show up for this, they're going to need hotels. They're going to need gas, food, things of that nature. Lexington, go to Lexington. And when you look at a map, there's other um, towns, you know, close to what, what was this? Wilsona or whatever, somewhat close. But Lexington's only 30 minutes over. Lexington is the second largest city in Kentucky. And it's just up the road, 30 minutes or so. So less than an hour drive. They got gas, they got food, they got lodging, all of that. And not everybody that comes will need really any of those at, you know, in that time frame because they might drive in. It might take them an hour, may take make them two hours if they're coming in from the surrounding areas. They come in, they, they, they spend a few hours there, they spend the day there, and then they go home. So it sounds like, oh, they're just so overwhelmed. I don't believe they were overwhelmed. I'm just going to be honest. I don't believe that they were so overwhelmed in that little city. Not the way they're making it sound. You know, we, um, here in my own hometown, we have the fairgrounds and, uh, once a year, they have the, the, the fair, and uh, it goes, I think this year it was like two weeks long, but nonetheless, at least a week long, and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people show up. I mean, thousands of people. doesn't overwhelm our city. doesn't overwhelm our region, and unfortunately, we live in a place where people like to fight, break out in fights and steal and do all kinds of stupid things, and it still doesn't overwhelm the rest of us. So an extra 5,000 Christian on a Christian campus in this town with Lexington a half an hour away. This is what bothers me, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't know the situation they do. I'm just saying there's got to be a better way of doing this without shutting it down. There's got to be a better way of maneuvering this without shutting it down. There's got to be because the numbers just don't crunch for what they're saying. I mean, I can almost see them with their head back the sullen look on their face, their wrist up to their forehead. Oh, the drama. We are so overwhelmed. Oh, we had 5,000 people on our little campus. Can you believe it? Oh, the terror. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, I just hope that they get really down to this and, and, and are honest with themselves. I, I think they can pull this off, to be honest with you. Anyways, let me get on with this. Monday was the last day that revival services in Hughes were open to the public. Tuesday and Wednesday, only those 25 and younger were allowed in Hughes for services at 7.30 p.m. 
the public may watch services from other simulcast venues or from a live stream on Asbury's website. Services in Hughes will end on Thursday, which is National Collegiate Day of Prayer, with a service at 8 p.m. for anyone 25 and younger. Updates to the schedule and other information is available here. And there's a little link there for more. And I'll put the link in the comments so you can click on this and read it if you want. Out of respect for people still traveling to Kentucky, Brown said continued services will be held at other venues in central Kentucky yet to be announced. Now, thank God somebody's opening some other doors for this to continue. And I pray that it will continue because sometimes, I'm not saying all the times, but sometimes God says, no, I want a revival here don't try to take it anywhere else because I'm doing something spectacular right here. Now, generally speaking, it's all, it's about the hearts and minds of the people, okay? And you can take that anywhere you want. But sometimes, sometimes it's about a location as well as the hearts of the people in that location. Like maybe God wanted to just do something at Asbury College in a profound way. And in a sense, get its name in lights, so to speak, for some other purpose. I hope and pray that they can take this themselves anywhere and still have what we what we see and what we witness. But if not, they've just shot themselves in the foot, so to speak. I mean, personally, I would do whatever I possibly and humanly uh, was possible to keep this thing rolling right there, right there. Anyways, let's go on. Univ University officials hope that those who have attended will bring revival into their own communities. Well, that is everyone's hope. But don't take it from your community. See, that's the thing. Yes, we want other people to come, grab hold of it, and take it to their community. But you got to give them something to come and grab hold of. Hello? Jesus calls us to go out. So now that we have come in and received amazing filling up, it's truly time to go out and share the gospel and carry the light and fire into our local communities, our local homes, our local churches, schools, and workplaces, said Asbury Vice President of Enrollment and Marketing, Jennifer McCord. Now, while I agree with this, um, that we are supposed to go out, we also need the filling station to remain open, okay? Because the longer it remains open, the more it remains open, the more people can come and get filled up and then go out. 50,000 people sounds like a lot of people, but let's, again, back to the math and reality this time. Not all 50,000 people are going to get so filled and do anything else with it. It's unfortunate, but it's just true. Some come for the bless me, they get blessed, they go home feeling good, and that's about as far as it goes. Very few actually will come with the mindset, especially out of 50,000, but with the mindset, I'm grabbing hold of it and I'm going to go reproduce this somewhere else. But you turn that 50,000 into 100,000, now you just doubled your chances. You turn that 100,000 into 200,000 or a million, now your chances of it spreading wildly and radically just increased wildly and radically keep it open the revival broke out spontaneously on february 8th after a routine chapel service which asbury students attended three times a week campus pastor zach mirkrebs i think that how you say his name mirkrebs spoke that day about what it means to love one another if you want to love others the way jesus wants us to we need to experience his love we cannot do it on our own mirkrebs said because the love of God by experiencing, I'm sorry, let me say that again, become 
the love of God by experiencing the love of God. After the chapel service, a few dozen students stayed to continue worshiping and praying. Word spread throughout the day the students were still in Hughes, and more and more students returned. As word spread, first on social media and then in news reports, including a segment on Fox News, Tucker Carlson Tonight, people from surrounding communities came to experience what people were calling a revival. And Hughes' 1,489 famously uncomfortable wooden seats soon filled up, with newcomers replacing those in a steady stream as people left. Sitting and standing, some with hands raised in the air, others jumping, dancing, or kneeling. Prayer has been constant inside the room. Groups of people gather in circles around the room to pray, often offering to pray for strangers they have just met. Lines form at the front of the room as some seek prayer at the altar. A small group of musicians on stage play familiar worship songs. Oh, how he loves us, the crowd sang in unison at one point on Saturday. Attendees attested to a sense of unity in the room and an intense feeling of the presence of God. I walked into Hughes and the peace I felt was immediate, said Anna Lawrence Jacobs, a 2022 Asbury graduate and current law student at the University of Kentucky who came to experience the revival. It's a kind of joyous peace that is transcendent and just invites you into a deeper understanding of what it means to partake in heaven. So she says that she has this intense feeling of the presence of God. The intense feeling of the presence of God. And anybody wants to control that and shut it down? God's there. See, you're not shutting down a service. You're trying to shut down God. And here's the truth about it. Often we will do that. Not because you and I are big enough to do it. But God says, I'm, I'm going to go where people want me and will celebrate me. You stop celebrating me in my presence, I'll go find somebody who will celebrate me in my presence. They could lose this altogether because they've stopped. And when I say they, I'm not talking about the students. I'm talking about the administration. Stop celebrating the presence of Jesus on a Christian campus. Oy. February 12th, Asbury Seminary, a sister institution across the sea, open and overflow location in his Estes chapel by the evening of february 14th two more overflow locations were open and filled and a long line formed outside of hughes for eight days worship continued 24 hours a day early in the morning on february 16th the auditorium was closed for the first time but as soon as it reopened more people flooded in and services continued hundreds of staff faculty students alumni community members and nearby church members have freely volunteered their time to keep the revival going with staff from Asbury's enrollment office leading volunteer efforts. Administrators and faculty stayed in Hughes late into the night to work behind the scenes, keep things organized, and speak on stage. I'm going to say, I'm going to read that first part again. Hundreds of staff Faculty, students, alumni, community members, and nearby church members have freely volunteered their time to keep the revival going. And yet they claim they're overwhelmed. Yet they claim, overwhelmed with what? Overwhelmed with what? You have hundreds of people giving their time to this, donating their time and their energy to this. And these administrators are overwhelmed. Our little city is overwhelmed. Our police department is overwhelmed. Lord have mercy. The court said Everything shared on stage is planned the day of and some even 
in the moment. There is not a planned sermon. It is truly led by prayer and led by what Jesus wants to share, she said. Throughout the day, students have gone on stage to share testimonies about how God changed. Oh my gosh. I don't know whether to cry or, or yell and scream in anger. Listen to this. Throughout the day, students have gone on stage to share testimonies of how God changed their hearts during revival. They shared how God set them free from addictions, repaired relationships, and showed love to them. So people are getting set free radically. People are getting set free radically, and yet you want to shut it down at a Christian college. Why would, you, why would anybody in any way even desire for a moment to stop this, especially at a Christian college? Uh, honestly, somebody needs to look into this. Who are these leaders? Who are these people? Anyways. Let me finish this. I'm almost done. Jacobs, like others, stayed to deliver food, water to hungry attendants or attendees and volunteers, getting Bibles to people and leading worship. The revival has dwarfed similar revivals in the school's history. In 1970, revival was probably the biggest swell of people, but that was all students and community leaders, McCord said. The difference between that one and this one is the social media influence. A group of student, students from the University of Cincinnati, 100 miles away, said they saw the buzz on social media and came to witness the Holy Spirit. We wanted to spend time with the community and worship God. Cincinnati student Zane Ramsey said, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that's a very good thing. <coughs> when our young people, listen, this is not a story about how our young people are falling into drugs, falling into addictions, falling into alcohol, falling into homosexual relationships, falling into the LGBT community and brainwashing. This is a story about how our young people, our college-age young people, are falling into Jesus and want to be in the presence of Jesus and want to just experience what God is doing. You don't find any LGBT club shutting down when a whole bunch of young people show up and say, Help us become like women. Help us become transgender. That doesn't happen. They're happy for that. But you do that at a Christian college and suddenly, oh, you know, we're just so overwhelmed. We've got to shut this down. This is crazy. The 6,000 people in town, you know, what are we going to do to them? I don't know. I don't know. Divert all the attention and all the traffic around them. If they don't like it, if they don't want it, but keep it going. Oh, anyways, let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Gianna Cotetta. And his family drove from Bluebell, Pennsylvania on February 18th. He said they made the 10-hour drive because of prompting from his sister-in-law, uh, Genevieve, and because of Jesus. I didn't necessarily want to drive 10 hours because I travel a lot and I like relaxing during the weekends. But I had a conviction when I heard what, what it was for. And I immediately put what I wanted to do aside and said, For you, Jesus, I'll go. Gianna, Gianni said, it's not about believing in Jesus. It's about following him. Do you see what's happening here? Just because people are saying, you know what? I really don't want to drive 10 hours, but Lord is for you. They're starting to recognize a deeper understanding of their relationship with Jesus. And now there's some that want to remove and say, we're no longer holding this, which is going to really hurt people like this. Ugh. Anyway, I didn't necessarily want to, oh, I already read that one. McCord said she and other volunteers have talked to people from Finland, Portugal, the Philippines, California, Oregon, Florida, Hawaii, Georgia, Michigan, Minnesota, New York, Texas, and Canada, among other states and countries. Several, I love this part. <laughs> so this is actually drawing the attention from all around the world. And now they want to shut it down. That blows my mind. 
this this next this next portion blows this is actually kind of funny in a way several christian celebrities have attended the revival so now there's christian celebrities maybe i can get their autograph several christian celebrities have attended the revival mccord said among them were evangelist nick hall greg Locke, the pastor of global vision baptist church known for his conspiracy theories and ardent supporter for Donald Trump, and Carrie Job, a Christian singer and worship leader. Let me back up for just a moment. Did you hear what I just read about Pastor Greg Locke? They didn't just say Pastor Greg Locke. You know, Evangelist Nick Hall. They didn't even say where he was from or anything. And then they get to Greg Locke, the pastor of Global Vision Baptist Church. They didn't just stop there. Known for his conspiracy theories and ardent support for Donald Trump. I uh, This is so mind-boggling to me. It's so mind-boggling for anybody, anybody in the journalistic community to write something so absolutely brain-dead and stupid. Number one, I don't know who, if she was just quoting this uh, person, McCord, or threw this in herself, but Christian celebrities? I didn't know in Christianity there were actually celebrities. And if there were, I would say maybe somebody like Billy Graham could have been a Christian celebrity, or maybe in his time, Smith Wigglesworth or Catherine Kuhlman, um, maybe, uh, I don't know, um, Martin Luther, people like that. But still, to call them celebrities is absolutely foolish, whoever did it. And then to write it in here like this was foolish. But then to say something like this about Pastor Greg Locke, the pastor of Global Vision Baptist Church, known for his conspiracy theories and ardent supporter of Donald Trump. Ooh. Oh, and Carrie Job, a Christian singer and worship leader. <laughs> if I was Carrie Job, I'd be a little upset because you're going to give Greg Locke this big old thing like that. You better do something a little bit better for me than just call me a, a singer and worship leader. You better like the exalted singer and exalted worship leader or something. And, and poor evangelist Nick Hall, that's all he got, evangelist Nick Hall. It's almost like they were they couldn't wait to get to Greg Locke to really sock it to him and tell the world who this guy is. He is known for his conspiracy theories, and he's an ardent supporter of Don Trump. Well, if, if Greg Locke is a conspiracy theorist and a supporter of Donald Trump, then let it go on notice. Let it go on record. You can shout this from the rooftops that Robert Ena of Table Flippers Podcast, a ministry of Greater Works Christian Church right here in Lancaster, liberal California, or I'm sorry, sorry, California, I too would be considered, I too am a conspiracy theorist <laughs> and an ardent supporter of Donald Trump. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't consider myself a, a conspiracy theorist because no matter what crazy things that I might talk about or say that I believe or don't believe, they all turn out not to be conspiracy. <laughs> I'm pretty much batting a thousand in that pretty pretty much. You know, if I say it, then it usually only takes sometimes a, a few hours to a few weeks, but it comes out as true. It, it's crazy, okay? So even Greg Locke, you call him a conspiracy theorist, I don't even really care anymore. With all the nutso crazy things that are going on around us, he's a conspiracy theorist? How about just somebody who's trying to put the dots together? Anyway, don't get me started. This is not necessarily against Asbury College. This is the writer of this particular article. 
That's one reason why I wanted to bring this out, because when you read things like that, they slip these things in there. And then it causes questions in the back of people's minds. So the next time you hear that name, Greg Locke, oh yeah, there's, I don't remember what it was, but there was something bad about him. I'm not sure I want to hear him or go to his church or check him out or read his article. Because of this kind of brain dead, stupid, foolish, journalistic tripe is what it is. Anyways, let me finish. I'm almost done. Don't get me started. None of the nationally known figures were invited to speak. Thank you, Jesus. However, McCord explained that they have kept the focus on students, in part establishing a separate line for people 25 and younger to give them priority over the visitors. Like I said, the last part, 25 and younger, I'm not 100% for that. I'm not 100% against it because this is a student thing on a college. And you don't want people... You know, like a bunch of people like me, just honest with you. I'm just being honest with you, 55, 56, 50, 60, 70, whatever, coming just to check it out, just to have goosebumps when it's on their college and they need to be the first ones in there being changed because that's the next level of leadership in our country, spiritually speaking. They need a revival. They need a move of God, okay? So, you know, I have, my, I have mixed emotions on that, but I really like the fact that these nationally known figures weren't invited to speak. I have nothing against them. It just, whether it be them or the people out there, it tends to be become about them in situations like this. And it needs to be about, yes, the students, but about Jesus and what he's doing among those students. Ben Still from Commerce, Georgia, <clears throat> made a six-hour drive to experience the revival on February 18 and was able to get in through the 25 and younger line. Great. I heard about the revival and was like, if God's there, I want to go, Still said. He said he experienced answers to prayer and advice about personal struggles during the evening. I've been dealing with a lot of things in my life, little things that have been adding up and hurting me, Still said. Tonight has just been a call to lay everything back at his feet. Do not shut this thing down. Lives are being changed. This one, what was his name? Still, Ben Still from Commerce, Georgia, just had a life-changing experience. Drove in, what does it say, six hours here? Six hours and had his life changed through prayer and some advice that he received there in that revival. Other revivals have reportedly broken out at other colleges throughout the country. Now, thank God for this, including Lee University, Ohio Christian University, Western Kentucky University, the University of Michigan, and Samford University. Now, that was just what's in this article, ladies and gentlemen, but I believe that list is actually much bigger and I praise God for this. I praise God for this. Because if they are successful in trying to control this, and then it leads to this thing shutting down completely at Asbury, at least somebody somewhere has picked it up and is going to keep this going. I pray to God there as well. Because you can't look at this, well, well, who cares if it continues at Asbury or not? Look at all these other places. Would you rather have 49 campuses on fire with the revival or 50 why would you shut down any one of those revivals just because there's 49 others keep it at 50 and then pray that it turns into 51 52 turns into 60 turns into 70 turns into 100 turns into a thousand but if you use the excuse well it's already happening other places so let's shut it down here no you keep it going because i'm, I'm gonna prophesy that i'm just gonna tell you a little prophetic warning here to the powers that be Woe to you if you try to shut down what Holy Spirit is doing. Woe to you if you try to control it to, to a degree that people can't experience God the way God wants them to. Woe to you. God does not take that lightly. And I'm just saying, you better pray about, oh yeah, we pray. No, 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 no. You've only been at this today, two weeks. 
So no, you have not prayed about this very much. It's only two weeks long. So you can't tell me, oh yeah, we prayed about what, 15 minutes somewhere in a back room? Anyway, <sighs> let's see. So it ends with this. Despite attempts to bring Asbury revival to an end, said McCord, I believe that this will absolutely grow. And I believe where it will grow from is our college students and our high school age students. That generation is truly leading us. I believe God has something super special for Generation Z. And I believe he's moving them into a place to be leaders. I don't really understand this. Maybe it was the writer. Maybe it was this person, McCord, who said this just like that. But again, listen to this. I believe that this will absolutely grow. I believe where it will grow from is our college students and from our high school students. That generation is truly leading this. I believe God has something super special for Generation Z. And I believe he's moving among them into a place to be leaders. Well, if they're leading this, they're already leaders. Get out of their way and let them lead this. But at the same time, because they're so young, the Bible warns us about putting a novice in a position of authority and power. And I'm not saying you take these people out of this leadership role because God chose them, but the older, more wise, instead of shutting it down, should be offering um, direction, advice, and prayer, and even mentorship on how to keep it going. See, what I think the problem is, this is just me, this is my take, this is my opinion, is that a lot of these administrators and the older crowd you know, I'm talking about the leaders, the administrators and such. They've never experienced anything like this, so they don't know what to do. They don't know how to facilitate this. They don't know how to steward this. So it scares them because, um, again, their, they, their leadership skills are sorely lacking. These young people don't know what they're doing. I'm, come on, let's just face it. It's revival. They're young. They've never seen it before. I'm not putting them down. I'm just telling you the truth. But they're at least willing to step out and take some risks and make this thing happen and do their best. Where the older crowd, I've been around those guys. They're not, you. Want, they're stuck. And this doesn't fit into their stuck ways. So let's just shut it down. Oh, it's just, well, wait, we have concerns about safety. So let's shut it down. Oh, our little town of 6,000 can't handle it. You can't divert traffic around it. Oh, so let's just shut it down. You know, and these kids, with these kids, you know, uh, that generation is truly leading this. It's their thing. Their generation is this. So go lead it somewhere else. But God's really making them into leaders. Well, wait a minute. Either they are leading this, making them leaders, or God's going to create them to be leaders or, or, or make them into leaders. Pick one. I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't mean to be cynical. It's just what I was concerned what was going to happen is now happening. The powers that be, for whatever reason, are trying to limit this and shut this down, at least, at least in some ways, that's going to hinder the whole thing. I'm not going to say completely stop it, but hinder it in a big way. God knew what he was doing when he showed up with a bunch of students on that day, two weeks ago. God knew what he was doing. God knew what was going to happen. But it seems to me, instead of really getting in touch and flowing and moving with God, some of these people are still moving in the flesh. And let's do it the flesh way. Let's do it wisdom according to man way instead of trusting in jesus way that's my heart that's what i'm thinking about that's what i'm talking about whether it be this or anything else let's do it god's way let's follow holy spirit let's do it jesus's way and if you start something with a group of people in a certain place in a certain time keep it moving until he says something different keep it going until he says change it take it over here Every time man tries to control a move of God or a revival, whatever you want to call it, man messes it up. I am so tired of that. Let's just let God be God and steward it instead of trying to control it. Let God control it 
We steward it by his control, by his design. Anyway, um, all these other places that are breaking out, listen, ladies and gentlemen, Christians out there, I pray that you would really, number one, pray that this start breaking out something similar. Doesn't have to be exactly like this, but something similar in your own church, in your own school, in your own living room, and just start making it happen. Just make it happen. Get in there and just start praying and worshiping the Lord until he shows up. And when he shows up, I can almost guarantee, because this is like the season of time that we're in, he's going to show up in a very, very, very similar way as to this. And who knows, if this breaks out in your living room, you might have 2,000 people trying to get into your front door one day. What do you do then? I don't know. Figure it out. Figure it out. But anyways, get ready, because revival is sweeping this nation. Get ready. Because what you're seeing now, again, is still just infancy. And when God really breaks out, I mean, really breaks out and matures this thing, we ain't seen nothing yet. You got that right. Thank you again for joining us at Table Flippers. Please check out our merchandise. We have hats, hoodies, water bottles, all kinds of cool things. You can find all of the, our merchandise at tableflippers.com. That's tableflippers.com. And please write me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Write me at gwccrobert, that's one word, gwccrobert at gmail.com. Give me the good letters, give me the bad letters, tell me the great things I'm doing, tell me the bad things I'm doing. I want to hear it all. Have a great day.